I prepared a sermon. It's just a few words, really. It's about the ugly side of Christmas. How we surround ourselves with colored lights and decorations, snow globes and gift wrap. How we convince ourselves that everything is fun and Dig a little deeper, friends. Christmas has a dark side, too. Remember that chilly night in Bethlehem when baby Jesus was born into this cold world and laid in the filth of a manger? When King Herod massacred infants? Christmas has some bad memories, too. To truly appreciate the beauty of Christmas, you must understand its ugliness. Sin is the beating heart of Christmas. Pain and war, fear and sickness, death and famine, American Idol and Internet Pornography. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. You can all go fuck yourselves. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! Yeah. Hello, everybody! Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry motherfucking Christmas! <laughs> oh, Lord. That's some severe uh, guiltide greetings there. Yeah, tell <clears> me <throat> about it. I, I mean, I, I am Batman, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the goddamn Batman. I'm the goddamn Batman. I love Merry that. I, Merry, I, I had that for my wallpaper for a long time. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. <laughs> and welcome to the newest episode of Movie Sucktastic. This is Scott and Joey uh, that's, coming that's to true. you. Joey and Scott. That better? That's much better. <laughs> Joey Scott. This is uh, Joey and Scott. Uh, and this is episode number 95. Five, yes. Uh, getting, uh-huh, getting, yeah. ve- getting close. Getting close. I'm not paying attention now. And uh, <laughs> this is our Christmas Spectacular, and we're going to be covering uh, the newly released Santa, uh, Santa, Silent Night, which is a remake of the classic Silent Night, Deadly Night, which, right. of course, was was the uh the big controversial film uh of the of the 80s 70s 80s 70s 84 84, 84. like i said 1984 uh which i also wrote an article about in the book uh butcher knives butcher and knives. body counts 
That's right. <clears throat> yeah, if you do a Google search for butcher knives and body counts, uh, it's a it's an anthology of film essays. Uh, a lot of great authors in there. A couple of my personal favorites as well, like Jack Ketchum, and I have that article in there on the Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. So pick that up if you want to learn more about uh, horror films. Highly recommend it. Very good read. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially the part that I wrote. That's that. That's right. Everyone that should definitely. I mean, absolutely check that one out. That little part there. That's like that's the best part for you know for me. <laughs> but I'm biased. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, and, I, and since the the end of the world is tomorrow, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't get any money if they sell extra copies. So I'm just recommending the book. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't get royalties off of an anthology. I'm just hey, uh, it's out there. You may want to read it. Uh, oh yeah, and, and like world. A, end of the world tomorrow. So I will do my best to get this podcast up and out as soon as possible, so everyone can listen in, uh, to it. Maybe listen to it as the world is ending. Yay! So it's hunkered down in your in your uh, bomb shelter, and and everything. And there's trembling, and the the, uh, the 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 dark net is falling over the sky, and, and life as you know it is ending. At least you can listen to us talking about killer Santa Claus films while you wait to, uh, for the oxygen to run out. Well, they they said something like it's supposed to happen at four twenty one Mountain Time. I don't know how the fuck that is even possible. How do they get the calendar? That tell me about it. How but did I they read get that off the calendar. But that's what I read. Four twenty-one Mountain Time, which basically means I'll be in the shower <laughs> when when the end of the world is happening. I sworn I could have sworn the Mayans ran off of Greenwich Mean, uh, Central, mm. um, Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Standard. Hey, you know what? You would everybody else kind of does. So, but Mountain Time. Who the fuck is it? I, is that because that like because of where they were on the planet when they made their calendar? That's got to be the exact end. But fuck if I know. Seriously, mountain time. I mean, I know I understand <laughs> that nobody truly believes. Uh, I, I mean, I, th I think the idea uh, believing that the world's going to end Friday is just as realistic as believing in Santa Claus or uh, the birth of Christ. That's me. Uh, <laughs> but when you start getting silly. Like the for, for what four eighteen four twenty one twenty one. It could have been four twenty. You know. so, something fun like four twenty. <laughs> anyway, I don't, if I don't only know. if only it had been four twenty, <laughs> everything would have made perfect sense. Seriously, yeah. Oh. Well, you ever see those? Uh, and they pop up on Facebook all the time, but they always you know say, what? Um, "What?" They they always uh, there's one that was uh, rotating around on Facebook that said, "The uh, we're having a new year, or the apocalypse is going to end in the same year that Dick Clark can't do uh, Dick Clark's Rock and Eve." Well played, mm -hmm. Mayans. Well played. Yes. <laughs> I, like, I mean, oh I, yeah, look at that. How much you want to bet? Like they they figured it out and it actually did come to 420. And say, you know what? We we just can't have that comparison going on. Just to bump it up to twenty one. <laughs> no just, one will take us seriously. It, just no one. That's that's gonna just bump it so we don't have to hear this for the next two you know next two months or whatever. But uh, I get paid tomorrow, so that's good. Uh, I don't get paid till next week, so that kind of blows. Yeah, you're screwed. There you go. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Don't want to die with an empty bank account. No, uh, no, no, and no. Don't want to die before you hear Joey and I talk about killer santa claus which that's right i think is awesome 
Now, how do we want to do this? We want to talk a little bit about the first 1984 uh, film or just jump back and forth? Well, I, I, well we're going to jump back and forth, but I, I want to let's start out with just the basics here. Um, okay. <clears throat> back in the good old days, for those of you that are y- too young to remember the 80s from uh, from like a, a, at least a semi grown up standpoint, I mean, because 84, that's now what, 30, uh, 40, uh, 28, 30, uh, 30 years, years ago. ago. I'm rounding 30 years ago. Fine. All right, so there's a portion of our audience that wasn't born yet. Yeah. Uh, and back in 1984, this was a magical time. Th- they released a film called Silent Night, Deadly Night that was about a person dressed up as Santa Claus that kills, not Santa Claus himself, but a person dressed as Santa Claus killing people. This caused great controversy. It was huge. all over. The- oh, huge. It was all over the news. The media was covering it. Parents groups uh, and religious groups were up in arms. And the film was actually pulled from the theaters, despite doing quite well, because of the controversy involved. Yeah. Um, I looked at its opening weekend, and it, it cost a million, mm-hmm. and it made almost two million its opening weekend. Now, in 84, that's pretty fucking good, especially since it made almost double its budget the same weekend. And that was a limited release, too. Yep. Yes, it was. It didn't go that wide. The whole idea was supposed to start limited, then go wide. And the, so much negative publicity for it, they pulled it from the theaters. Those were simpler times, friends. And the runtime that they got back then was only 79 minutes. Not we've a long since, film. No, we've since got the uncut version, which is 85 minutes. And right. if you have the uncut DVD like I do... You can always tell when it's an uncut scene because the quality of the scene looks uh, VHS poor. It looks very bad. Because uh, I actually rewatched it to prepare for this episode. And I, I watched it. I watched it twenty or thirty times when I wrote the article, which is how I do my movie writing thing. So I, I, right. I, I pretty much memorized the film. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a hard film to to memorize either. It, it's. I would imagine that it is a good film to try and write. Uh, an article on because it for whatever reason at least with me it just it really just stuck in my head even years later re-watching it for this podcast I could pretty much tell you beginning to end exactly and it's also fresh in my head but it, it's it's one of those films that you absorb very easily somehow mm-hmm. uh, it's not a very complex plot first of all well, I mean, the, the basic plot, this this is a film that starts out at the beginning. We, we, we meet the, our Santa Claus killer, and this is the Silent Night, Deadly Night, the 1984 film. We right. meet little, uh, oh. Um, Billy. And I'm, Billy. Little, how do I forget Billy? We I meet little know. Billy back when he's a little kid, and they're visiting his uncle or grandfather. Grandfather. Uh, grandfather and and he's like you know catatonic and then when the parents leave you know catatonic grandpa snaps the kid's hand and says santa claus will kill you and then <laughs> when by the time the parents come back he's he's pretending again and then of course just just so happens that night he ends up watching his parents killed and att- the attempted rape of his mother the death of his mother and father at the hands of a robber just, uh yep. dressed as santa claus and needless to say, that fucks him up for life. Growing up in a, in a orphanage full of nuns, where uh, he's confuses sex with uh, guilt and sin, and all, well, which is not hard to confuse him, but it's driven home by the nurses, the nuns, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you know he grows up a little twisted, and then has the the luck to take a job at a toy store during Christmas, and it all goes downhill from there. 
you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, Mother Superior. Now, jump the gun. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It's okay. I, I just want to get this out before I forget. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm rewatching Silent Night, Deadly Night, the one from '84. Mother Superior. She pops up on jump the screen. Jump the gun. Sorry. <laughs> Should I wait? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, anyway, she. Every time she pops up on the screen, I'm just I'm like she reminds me of someone. She reminds me of someone, and then it hits me. You remember a few years ago when Rudy Giuliani dressed in drag? Oh yeah. Just... <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Yeah, the... <laughs> she looks like a cross between Rudy Giuliani and Robert Duvall. That's a stunt isn't it? It is crazy. And I'm just, I'm watching her talk and I'm watching her facial expressions. I'm like, it's fucking Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> it's Rudy Giuliani in drag from 2000, <laughs> 1999, whatever it was. Anyway, now, now, I'm sorry. I had to get that out. I'm done. No, no, by all means. Two other famous people uh, <laughs> that didn't appear in drag in this film are, uh, uh, da, 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 da. what's his real name? Um, Britt Leach. Is who, that the father who, uh, from Weird Science? The father from Weird Science. Thank you. That's probably what I was going to use as a reference there. Uh, he's been in a lot of other stuff besides that, mm-hmm. but he 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 plays the the toy store owner. And when we say toy store, we mean a warehouse with metal racks that they threw toys up on and then covered with. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, It's the, like the worst fake toy store ever. Yeah. It's pretty if, you, bad. if you're if, if your parents took you to that toy store, you'd cry. <laughs> I want to go home. You'd cry and you wouldn't want any toys. And also Linnea Quigley. Oh, Linnea Quigley. Yeah, back in the early days before she started calling herself Linnea. And uh, she's in the famous antler impalement scene, mm-hmm. which uh, I wrote about in the article in Butcher Knives and Body Counts. Google it on Amazon. Or Google it or Amazon it, whatever. Uh, which was improvised during the filming. Right. And I'm oh, it was improvised. Oh, I didn't know that. It was It was improvised. They were filming it, and, and the, uh, the director's... You know these antlers, and they they on the set they they threw some stuff together. It was not planned when they started filming that night. Huh. That's one of those things that just came together, and it's I think one of the best scenes in that film. Uh, yes, yes. Well, it's crazy that they could improvise so quickly and then get it done prosthetic wise. You know, trying to film with different angles and lighting. It's just ah, oh, let's just do it. Well, don't well don't forget the prosthetics that are close ups. They can shoot that later, but the actual uh, you know putting her up onto it and all that that was oh, like sure. all, all done that. Yeah, I mean, inserts can be done later, but the basic filming of it happened just on a whim, so that wasn't huh. actually planned. Uh, but it was, a, you know, guerrilla filmmaking, that kind of stuff. And the, the director, uh, if memory serves me correct from my article, he uh, did Bible documentaries. Before this? Uh, before and after. <laughs> it, he's done like a bunch of them for uh, National, Geographic, National Geographics, I think, or somebody like that. And, uh, you know, he did uh, documentaries on the Ark and, you know, kind of the reality documentaries, not little vignettes. Oh, fine. And, and, fine. and somehow he just got involved in this. <laughs> Somebody called him, asked if he wanted to write something, to do something. And yeah, the, sure. I'll. The, the irony of it all is that the, the religious groups and whatnot, the, the same people that would probably be impressed by his other <laughs> documentaries or made him, they took his movie out of the theater. Yeah. And then. Uh. And they, they they weren't they weren't the only ones that are upset. Do you do you have that clip of uh of um Siskel and Ebert? Siskel and Ebert, yes. Yes, I do. Here yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, um, Siskel, Gene, Gene. Uh, apparently, not a fan of the film. 
No. And it just goes to show that years later, just how tame, really, Silent Night, Deadly Night is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It does have some gore, but it's not the bloodiest film you'll ever see. It really isn't. You know, and you know what? A lot. I think that you'll hear it when he says it. Actually, I won't even say anything until after he says it, because I'll point out the, the real reason why the few people that did see this film and, and reacted so strongly to it actually did. But go ahead and play that. Okay. And to see if you agree with me on this too. All right. Uh, you don't have it queued up. No, I got it. It's right here. Coming up next at the movies, a film that dreams about a red Christmas. X-ray subject this week, the controversial Santa Claus killer movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Actually, there have been two controversies about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Even before the film was released a couple of weeks ago, its TV ad campaign caused a furor with its brief depiction of an axe-carrying Santa Claus. The distributor of this film, TriStar Pictures, which is co-owned by Columbia Pictures, CBS, and Home Box Office, pulled the commercial out of release after a week of protest by parents led by a Milwaukee group. Of course, commercials like that usually die out after a week anyway, so thanks a lot, fellas. But there's no question in my mind that the showing of Santa with an axe on free TV and commercials is sick and sleazy and mean-spirited. So let's repeat the names of the people who did it. <laughs> TriStar Pictures, co-owned by Columbia Pictures, CBS, and Home Box Office. Shame on you. Now, as for the film, I've got news for you. It's worse than the TV ad. Telling a typical mad slasher story about a boy who witnesses his father being shot and his mother being stabbed to death by a maniac in a Santa Claus suit. So now the traumatized kid grows up and is asked to work in a, in a toy store as Santa one Christmas, and it freaks him out. He impales one naked girl on a set of antlers, spears another yes! woman with a bow and arrow, and another with a knife, and yes, we even see Santa give one little girl a bloody knife as a gift and threaten another little girl with physical punishment as he sits on his lap. You might think that it would be funny, Roger, or it's played as quite thick in the film. So, let me repeat the names of the writer and director and producers of this film. Michael Hickey wrote the film, Charles E. Sellier Jr. directed it, and Ira Richard Barmack produced it. You people have nothing to be proud of, even if you made a few bucks off of all the negative publicity. Your profits truly are blood money. And Silent Night, Deadly Night now has the distinction of joining I Spit on Your Grave as one of the two most contemptible films I have seen. And I don't mean to think it's campy, it really is quite awful. I'm glad you mentioned those people's names because quite frequently they think, gee, we'll make this exploitation film, we'll be able to buy our uh, Mercedes and live in Bel Air, and nobody right. will ever know what we did. But I would like to hear them <laughs> explain to their children and their grandchildren mm -hmm. that it's only a movie. Yeah. I think that would be a real interesting explanation. So, <laughs> it's blood money. <laughs> blood, blood money! You've made a blood money film. I didn't yeah, double take what he said. Really? And, and and by the way, I, he didn't like I Spit on Your Grave? What's up with that? <laughs> and that, that film was made, what, six, seven years earlier? Or even earlier than that. Was yeah, that an early I mean, 70s film? Like a 72, really, 73, 74? That's 70s. Oh, yeah, it's early 70s. Yeah. And there's no comparison. None. None whatsoever. The subject matter is completely different. Well, right. I mean, low-budget horror film, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, Ebert's bad enough. Uh, I mean, Gene's bad enough with his uh, blood money thing, and oh, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Then Ebert's got to jump in. Yeah, these guys think they can just do these films and buy their Mercedes and live it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, like, yeah, one million dollar budget, gorilla filming. Yeah, these guys have Mercedes or cruising around and shit. What are you? Yeah, these 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 guys are living off the land, uh, you know, living high on the hog. <laughs> and then, and then uh, they'll have to explain to their children and grandchildren about this. So, well, their children and grandchildren probably shouldn't be watching the fucking film. Right. <laughs> it ain't a cartoon on at prime time. This is an adult horror film. What the, why 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 does anybody owe anybody an explanation to this? Exactly. I mean, uh, it, in, uh, in the eighties. Now let's let's get it straight now too. The eighties was a big re uh, resurgence against horror films. Uh, I mean, you Evil Dead. You were seeing the seventies exploitation bleeding in the mainstream eighties. So the eighties had uh, slasher films, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. You name it. Uh, they were becoming franchises. Horror was becoming uh, mainstream, whereas it was really more exploitational and. Uh, you know, your your kind of uh, what do you call it, uh, grindhouse type films and stuff. Yeah. It was still a subculture. The subculture was becoming mainstream, but there was a huge push against it by the powers that be, by the by the uh, you know parents groups, by uh, the respectable people in society, and the older people that ran everything. That suddenly the stuff that was always in the background is now being sold on television and now being sold everywhere. You know, there's a huge push against it. This is that's around the same time period of Morton Downey Jr. with his whole crusade against horror films. Uh, you were having a resurgence of the religious, of the right wing and religious right uh, talk, uh, right wing talk radio was just starting to come into its own as well. The angry white male was right. taking over the country, uh, all that bullshit coming together. But you know, blood money, <laughs> despicable. You and, and, might have made a few bucks off of this, but you, you should be ashamed <laughs> of yourself. And, What's and wrong let me with correct you? myself. I, I ch- double check back. The director Charles Cellier, uh, Cellier, I think he pronounced it Junior. He uh, was a producer of a lot of television, and a lot of the television was religious-based television. Were documentaries on stuff like the origins of Christ, that kind of thing. Wow! And the writers only did this film, and technically the second one. <laughs> That's the only thing they've ever written. That was like, really? okay, we're done. We're done. That's it. We're done. We're done. Hey, done. <laughs> we had it. We did it. Now, and now you, I like the film. The original one. Yeah, yeah. We're still talking about the original. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. It's, uh, it, a classic. it's, it's you know, your, your, your classic horror splatter, you know, your 80s splatter punk type film. Uh, no. If you didn't... What? Uh, splatter it's a, punk. It's a different thing. It's a splatter movie. Uh, maybe, kind of, yeah. Well, okay. it's a, well, it's a it's, slasher. It's, your, it's not a splatter film. Night. It's a slasher. Not a slasher. slasher. You're, right. Film. You're right. You're right. I'm okay. wrong. You're right. Uh, but it know. is your... Your late night, you know, midnight type, uh, Cinemax after hours slasher film. Something you'd see late at night. And if you grew up in the 80s like Scott and I did, this is the type of film you watched. And this is the type of film that you liked. And no matter what, even in this day, well, you still like it. Now, let's be fair. Now, let me underline something here. Uh, I was 10 or 11 when this film came out. Yeah. So I I vividly remember I wasn't watching slasher films at age ten. I'll be I'll admit that right now. I got that later in life. Like, I, I I have to like say fourteen or fifteen, thirteen. I, 14. I, I was watching horror films a lot younger than I should have been. I, I mean I was a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer on that regard. But I, I I definitely I don't know how I got away with it. I I, I would end up watching. And again, maybe it's because I grew up in a European household where the rules were much more lenient i don't know i'm I'm just i'm serious you know my parents really never really pressured me to say you can't watch this 
you can watch this. I I remember talking to my mother saying, okay, this movie Silver Bullet is on tonight. Okay? And that was 1986. I want to watch this movie. And my mother's like, well, what's it about? And I told her, and she goes, all right, just as long as you don't end up in our bed scared. And I was like, all right, deal. (laughs) And then I watched the movie. I, 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 my parents were the same. I think a lot of parents at the same at the time period were the same way. Where again, first generation having cable in the house, and it was such a new thing that the idea of supervising what your children are watching, I think, was on the back burner of the brain. Uh, I mean, when it came to like the softcore porn, it comes on at two o'clock in the morning. They were aware of that, but horror being shown and watching that, I think we we were exposed to stuff that you really had to go out of your way to see. And generations before that, uh, I myself has never really got into horror films up until a certain age, but once I did. I exploded, but even though I wasn't watching this type of horror film at age 10, I do remember it being on the news and actually being quite disturbed <laughs> by the imagery that they would show on the news. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh yeah. I remember just, uh, it was, it was made, it was headline news. They were, they were pushing, Oh, you know, horrible film out about Santa Claus and the public is not happy. <laughs> and the reason I think, uh, Gene there was, and he says it, near the end of his thing, he says, oh, you'd think we played for a comedy or a parody, but this is quite a serious film. And ironically, the reason he hates the film as much as they do, the reason both of them do, is it's not played for... Hu- I mean, it's it's a very dark humor in the film. Right. Again, when, when, he, when he goes to the little girl and gives her the bloody box knife as a gift because she's been good. Right. Uh, I mean, apart from that, and every now and then where he goes, naughty! <laughs> or how about when, when he's... Everything's great. Until the Christmas season rolls around, and he starts mm-hmm. acting a little weird, and their their traditional Santa Claus or the guy they were supposed to get that year couldn't do it, and they're like, "Oh, we'll get the new kid." <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's the worst thing you could have done is put this guy in a Santa Claus outfit, and, and they and, do. <laughs> and then when they close on Christmas Eve, they they make him drink alcohol. They make him drink alcohol. Yeah. Oh, you uh, better drink. You got to be drinking now. Stick with me, kid. <laughs> you won't even remember anything now, by tomorrow. Again, now there's humor in the film, but again, the, the point yeah. is, it isn't played like a Freddy, a Fre- uh, like a Freddy film, like a Nightmare on Elm Street, where there's yeah. a lot of early, the later ones. The first one wasn't that kind of comedy. It's not played for laughs, even though there's dark humor when, like, when he when the, he comes out behind the tree from behind the tree with the axe when the kid's sledding and it's like takes the head off. Yeah, it's right. funny, but <laughs> it's not like do 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 do. You know, it's not. There's not a wink at the camera. It's still pretty right. gruesome and pretty straightforward as this is a bad thing. And again, the fact that the film walks you through the uh, emotional torture of this child and how he becomes the adult uh, or uh, the, the twisted adult that he becomes, uh, it really lends a seriousness to to the whole concept. And I think that's what bothered them the most is that the film didn't just give a wink and a nod and say, oh, aren't we just being naughty? It was like, yeah, all right, here's a kid. He's traumatized. There's some horrible things that happened to him. It had that 1970s exploitation feel, which some of the hor- a lot of the horror films that were coming out in the 80s uh, were abandoning for the kind of just tongue-in-cheek camp. This is also very true. That you yeah. saw later with with the the later you know when Nightmare on Elm Street became the goofy uh, special effects extravaganza it was, and when Friday the Thirteenth stopped taking itself seriously and just started making wacky deaths. Everyone. And I, you know, when Gene, when he goes out of his way at the end of that to say, "Well, because you know, you, you'd think it'd be funny," I says, "Really, Gene? <laughs> why? <laughs> why would you? Funny. Think, why would you think still? Why, why would you immediately assume a killer Santa Claus film would be funny? 
<laughs> so I, I blame that. I mean, I think the film's real well for what the film is a low budget horror film. It's well written to an extent. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it's, yeah. let's let's not gloss over. It was thrown together for, in, a, in a rush. Dialogue not exactly for an eighty slasher film. Personally, I think it it still holds up. And the fact that it seemed like somebody was taking it seriously yeah. when they made it, it, it show it, it comes through. It did so. Yeah. You know, I, I've always liked it. And that's why I chose to write the, write the article on that for the anthology. Uh, when, so when I heard, and I, th- I, I forget if you told me or not that they were doing a remake. I think I did. I think I did mention it. If I, was I didn't, concerned. then I'm sure you knew about it. But yeah, I think I mentioned it, especially in the last week when I said, eh, maybe we should do it for this week's show. Yeah. Now. And they didn't come out and say it, it was never really advertised or you know shown as a remake of the classic because no one you know they, they pulled it after two weeks. Not a lot of people remember Silent Night of the Night. If they remember anything, they remember part two and the Garbage Day quote. Yeah, Garbage Day. <laughs> right, which you know became synonymous with bad films. So the first film was overshadowed by the badness of the second one, which fifty percent of the second one is just them replaying clips from the first film. Pretty much. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's pretty much it's a thing indeed. So when I when you told me that, I was like, well, okay, you know, <laughs> there's not really a great track record these days with making classic horror films. Uh, my Valentine's Day, for example, oh god, oh god, that's oh, t- just talk about a bad fucking horror film remake or not in the eight in in the you know our decade, yep. huge that money was, made huge Jan- money though. And that was a th- well 3D film, and it was a January release. So what else was out there? Right. Well, you got to remember, too, I think we talked about this in our 3D episode, which is like, God, I'm going to say like 70 episodes ago, somewhere Mm -hmm. in that range, uh, where I basically said that because of My Bloody Valentine, it really got the 3D ball rolling for everyone to start releasing their movies in 3D because they saw that a shitty little horror film that came out in January was profitable. And they said, well... Well, what if we try and make a good movie and release it in 3D, even if it's I, not intended to be? I think that was one of the first widely advertised 3D films yeah. as far as like put, pushing the 3D. I mean, they had the, the, the people in the cinema, ah, the fireball would shoot over their heads. Right, right. Like, oh, I remember that trailer. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, they, they were really pushing the 3D on that. And like you said, you know, it just showed that the marketing of it was would be successful that – yeah, people are just as stupid now as they were back when they, you know, when they did the 3D back in the 50, 30s or 50s, and then again 50s, and then 50s. again in the 70s. You know, it, it comes around. But it's cyclical, uh, except this time now they're putting cyclical. it in our fucking televisions. All right, but but anyway, before, anyway. We, before we get out before we get out of the 3D rant, which is easily done. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, oh, and by the way, I'm just going to mention briefly here for no other reason, just just to say it, so I don't forget it. We were going to do Hobbit reviews. Uh, with people that we knew that were going to go see The Hobbit because we weren't going to go see it, and nobody went to see it. <laughs> and it did. Everybody, very, In my opinion, it didn't do that well Oh, it did. no, in I its agree. opening weekend. I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. I'm well, sure its, it's again, worldwide tally will be okay. I knew about a dozen people that were saying, we're going to go see it opening weekend. And I'm like, great, see it, come on the show, review it, call the thing, we'll do a whole episode, we'll just play reviews, and every single one came back Monday. I didn't even bother seeing it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> None of them. Like it, did. it got to that point. Yeah, no. I didn't feel like sitting through it. And you know what's funny, too? I, I had gone back and forth with you during the week. Uh, it made $84 million. 
let's just get this out of the way. Like one minute. Made $84 million. In a horrible mistake. I made a horrible mistake. No, it made $84 million in its opening weekend. The movie is two hours and 46 minutes. And the comparison that I gave Scott was The Dark Knight Rises made $162 million in its opening weekend. And it's one minute less. It's one minute less. And it's amazing to me that they were even... And there was a shooting the weekend of The Dark Knight Rises. So it's like, you tell me. The Hobbit should have done a hell of a lot more money than it did. And and we're going to be talking more about Dark Knight Rises on our Strangers in a Strange Land podcast. Yes, so stick, you know, try and listen to that one. Uh, oh, definitely. <laughs> That's going to be anyway, good. Speak, speak of, speaking of uh, mass murder, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I was, I was concerned. Uh, I was like, okay, uh, again, not a great tracker remaking horror films. Every now and then there was a good one. Uh, Black well, Christmas was not one of those. Texas and, Chainsaw 3D comes out next uh, month. Oh, January release. Fucking God. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. So we both watched this this week, and mm-hmm. I'm going to let Joey go first as far as what he felt about the film. Well, I have to be honest. I've seen a no, hell of a lot worse remakes. For what it was worth, I thought I was going to really dislike this movie. Now, as far as the comparisons, as far as a remake from the uh, original to this one uh you know what let me let me do this real quick because there's some nudity here and i don't know if people are going to uh Ooh. people are gonna freak out right, what, about we, what we got playing behind this, the uh it's the, the the porno shoot scene oh oh yeah i'm gonna have to just go through that just a little bit just until she gets thrown in a wood chipper you should be playing no you should be playing silently deadly night the why are you playing one? the new one? Yeah. We're, why should, we're, we should be... Well, we're reviewing the new one. I was going to yeah, play but... both. I was going to play some of the first and some of the some of the I, remake. I, 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 I would be slightly more concerned about spoiling the new one for people than the old one. Catch my catch my drift on that. I, I catch your drift. I mean, if you if you plug the, the for our background, if you put the old one in and just started after sometime after the uh, the nun sex sequence, then we'd be good to go. <laughs> or even, or even to start at the halfway mark when he gets her dressed up as Santa Claus, we're not going to be talking for that long. Um, do, I, do I have the? Fr- I know I have it on DVD. I, I don't know. Yeah, I got it. Of course, I. Got I didn't it. think I didn't think to discuss the background. The Joey does the production value, so I never it didn't even occur to me that he, you that we'd be doing that. Um, so I, anyway, it, yeah. Um, sorry. We're talking about being afraid of it and uh, not liking it as much as the first one. And or do you want yeah. me to go ahead? No, 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 no. Let I, me I'm just... go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I I felt the same way Joey did. I was going in. I was expecting not to like the film, uh, especially when Joey told me uh, after we talked about it. Said, "Oh, by the way, I've heard bad things." I said, "Oh, good. Let's <laughs> let's dive in head. Let's dive in feet first on this one." Uh, I gotta say, and I, and I I checked the time on the film. What the I would, time? I hadn't, what? Well, not the run time, but but there's a point in the film. The opening is cool. The opening is nice and dark. It's, yeah. It sets the tone. It goes right into gear, and it, it, without doing any flashbacks or side flash or anything, it's it's all linear, and which I, always impresses me to begin with. 
And it wasn't like a 20-year-ago flashback either. It just starts current time. Uh, and I was kind of sold there. I was really sold, however, at the 14-minute mark with the sleazy priest. <laughs> if Once, there's anything I can do. <laughs> now, uh, very, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was dying. Because when he first comes up, you're like, okay, he looks a little creepy. And they just, they just like, just all right, we're just going to, we're just going to, smear creepy all over the screen now and when he squeezes her her shoulder he just said anything i can do for you anything (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh my god (laughs) now uh to go to go back to go back just a little bit and i guess this isn't really imperative of whether you like the film or not but when she's doing the crossword puzzle how soon did you figure out what 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 it was i didn't at all I figured it out t- like five seconds later. I didn't because I, I, I don't know that rule that, that that has to have that many sides. Well, no, I knew what it was seconds later because in the next shot, it's staring yeah. at you in the face. Is it? No, I didn't. It's, even... it's right in the background. It's like, oh, you know, okay, that's that's what it honestly, is. Honestly, I was distracted because it immediately came to my light. Like every time you ever see people doing crosswords in films. Yeah, and like I was thinking, if I ever got up in the morning, I did a crossword, and like death was like one of the answers. I think I'd just stay home. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of the things they always. It, it's like the beginning of the Superman uh, reboot, not the right, one coming right, out right. now, the, uh, the last the one, the Brian Singer, two thousand six. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm staring at the, the. It's Rudy Giuliani in a fucking nun outfit. <laughs> Holy fucking Christ! But, but Holy like, shit! It's like at the beginning of that shitty Superman film where the scramble board has alienation on it. Oh right! When think when the meteor hits or when he Superman hits again, like you know they always use that in films. And if that happened in real life, if I'm doing a crossword, it's like hmm, vivisection, mother, Tuesday. I'm not making plans this week. This is what... <laughs> so I, my mind went off on a spin. So I didn't notice what you were talking about. <laughs> I can't help it. Sometimes you, yeah. you, you throw something like that in a film, and I immediately it's just going to start. But uh, I really liked this film. You did, I, you know, I and 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 I have to say, I did too. I didn't. I thought I was going to go in and I was going to hate it. And I'm watching it, and I'm just saying to myself, "Yeah, there's a lot of things I could pick apart, uh, but not what? not more than say anything else." And uh, it's and like again, ev- there's every intention that I should not like this movie, but I do. All right, now I I'm got a strong horror film background growing up, mm-hmm. after a certain age. You know, I wasn't you know teenage years, big time. And so, when you're watching a horror film, just like if you're watching sci-fi or any, you know, drama, romance, each genre has specific rules or specific formula that you're usually going to follow. Right. So you're going to have red herrings, and you're going to you're going to have you're going to set up the different types of characters. That's all coming. You have to forgive the setup. And once you forgive the setup, which isn't a bad setup, but it's just you know nothing unusual. The characters are interesting. I, for one, am immediately rooting for Santa Jim. <laughs> the minute we I, meet Santa, I'm like, this. I, I, I don't know. Whatever, whatever happens to this film, please let this guy be one of the last men standing because this guy's awesome. And and let me tell you something. Uh, the other character that I enjoyed a lot was Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell fucking rocks. When I'm when sorry. when he calls her, when he calls her and. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "Listen, uh, 
you know, Jordan, he hasn't come in. We don't know where the fuck he is. I need you to work Christmas Eve. And she's like, oh, this is really a bad time for me. This is my first year without John. And he's like, yeah, I'll see you in a few. (laughs) Should I have found that? I'm sorry. I'm I'm laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is my my first year without without John. He's like, uh, yeah, I'll see you when you get here. <laughs> he's like, he's a total fucking prick. A bit of a dick, yeah. And that's just. Uh... And, and I love every every time he's on screen and he's doing something. They have the the dirty Harry Western type music in the background. And he's like, <laughs> when he goes to the crime scene, and he's like, he's listen, you're not equipped for this. <laughs> Let's just be honest right now. <laughs> he goes, don't try any hero stuff. That's for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, dun, 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 dun. Great, <laughs> he pulls the punches guy, and I, yeah. I, I was. My favorite part was is when they're 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 bringing in Santa Claus is interviewing them and he, they're in his office. He just like looks at the two and goes, "So, uh, ho ho ho." <laughs> I gotta no, fucking leave. <laughs> you know Malcolm and Dowd, the great. If you like follow his career and right. I, I love see, looking at actors like if you look at him in early in his career, he was playing really off of his charm in youth. Right. And as you watch him become an older actor and watch him play off of his age, it's beautiful. Yeah, it truly is. I mean, and and honestly, he—I think this was a nice role for him to make up for the kind of shit that got pulled out of him in Halloween Two, which I'm uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween Two. Right, right, right. His Loomis, which I I wasn't really happy with the Loomis arc in the second one, just because he did such a great job in the first one. He just really kind of like fucked with his character in the second one. Yeah, Not to put a lot was... of weight on a Rob Zombie film, but I mean, I hear the Lords of Salem is supposed to be. For what it, what it's worth, it's supposed to be amazing. But that's just. Oh, no, I'm know. not saying he makes bad films. I'm just saying he makes a certain kind of movie. Yes, he does. And I if, for a Hall- for the Halloween re- reboot it was like, well, it's got its strong points, but it's got its weak points. And right. anyway, yeah, uh, Malcolm McDowell in anything. <laughs> I think Absolutely. They need to get Malcolm McDowell. I think they need to get Malcolm McDowell and Roddy McDowell in more films together. That's what <laughs> just I feel. put the McDowells together. Yeah. Uh, see, that's your problem right there. You brought a what? Uh, you brought a flamethrower to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but again, or I'm or sure. what? F- best line in the movie came from him. Best line in the movie goes, <laughs> "Don't put avocado on the burger. Keep it simple." <laughs> Favorite line, my favorite line in the movie, anyway. <laughs> yeah, just, and this hurt too. Was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then he's like, well, now you're putting. What did he say? Now you're putting uh, horseradish and cauliflower uh, or coleslaw on a burger too? Now? Oh, something. It wasn't that. But it was like something. It was like something ridiculous. <laughs> oh damn, I can't remember. That. Oh no, no, it was hummus. Now you're putting hummus, hummus on the burger. Now you're putting hummus on the burger. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't put avocado on this burger. <laughs> It's Carlson. Two S's. My ass. Double S. Double screwed. Everything had to be a fucking... And then the, the, the fucking music bed underneath is like, he's gonna wish he never he never came to my town. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, when they're using the, the, the camera from the one uh, 
kill, uh, crime scene, and it's got like they were shooting like porn on it. Right. <laughs> He's watching it. You want to fast forward, Chief? Huh? What? what is <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. <laughs> no, like it was. A, it's I'm a getting a walk. mental mental image in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, it's a cheesy moment, like you know, like right. you expect it, but Malcolm McDowell plays it perfectly. He just you know, you know, ex you know, uh, professional. Right. 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 Professional thespian is he's, he's this. I honestly don't think these guys are wasted in films like this because they this again. I didn't think this film was bad. I thought the dialogue was okay. Um, it's, no, now I, it's, I, I was fine with it. I, for it's what not it was about worth. now. Yeah, now as far as what it brings from the original film, it doesn't bring the same storyline, so to speak. No, it doesn't have the same structure because we start right off with with the killings. We don't have the whole backstory explaining who it is. They pretty much keep who it is a mystery throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and honestly, that's the one thing I didn't like at the film at first because it's really just like, it's okay, it's the shape, but now he's wearing a Santa Claus mask, it's or you know, true. instead of a hockey mask, it's a Santa Claus mask. It's a big guy running around killing people. It's faceless. It's really that same Halloween um, Jason Michael Myers feel. Uh, yeah, now, I, what I, they do? Bring, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? No, no, I, I, I'm agreeing. Now, the few things they do bring over, they uh, bring over the some of the killings. They especially they bring the over the antler scene. Now, I I have to honestly say, it's kind of it sh- shows me the antler scene in this film. I think is uh, weak in comparison with the original antler scene. Yeah, I watching the original. Well, I mean, also it's Linnea Quigley's beautiful. <laughs> naked breasts as well. <laughs> what was Sorry, that? What? Linnea Quigley's Linnea uh, workout? What? Episode 5, Linnea, if you want to hear that one. <laughs> yeah, Linnea Quigley's horror workout. Uh, but yeah, no, um, you're right. Uh, but they also do other little things, too. There's other little things that they had uh, in the original film that they brought over. A couple of killings, uh, a couple of sayings, uh, they even brought over from the second film when the guy is bringing out the garbage. He goes, what is this, Garbage Day? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you caught that. Cause like, I remember when he did that? I was like, you got to be kidding me. It was, it, that, and that showed that somebody actually cared. They cared enough to throw that line in. Right. Just everybody. So just, and I, would, I wish I'd seen this in an audience, like in a theater, mm-hmm. uh, just so I could have heard like the, like the five people that went, ah! Well, I mean, even yeah, in the ant- you, in the ant- you find those you find those right. people after the films. Yeah, yeah. Well, in in the favorite. antler scene, if you like really dug deep in that scene, in the original scene, um, when Linnea Quigley tells, and this is in the '84 one, when Linnea Quigley tells her little sister that if she's not good, Santa isn't going to come tonight, and the boyfriend is like, "Yeah, that makes two of us." Well, <laughs> in the remake. In the same the scene, right before she was impaled by the antlers. Oh, oh, oh God, yeah. She, she's like, I think Santa's going to come early this year. <laughs> and I'm it's like, lighten, well, it's the same I'm, thing. Wait, I'm going to lighten Santa's sack. <laughs> her, her and her boyfriend, of course, is the Jason Muse lookalike. Yeah, right, right. Who who filled in for Billy in the scene right. with the grandfather that snaps out of his catatonia and says, Santa Claus is coming for you, boy! If you see him, you better run! <laughs> Whereas and the original had- guy looked like Kenny Rogers. The guy in this one looked like the father from uh, Raising Arizona. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just similarities. Well, I don't know. Where? Yeah, and, and but again, they kept those that those images. Now, the pro now if you go back to the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, mm-hmm. they which I, the I haven't thing. seen yet. Which I, but I told you this in our review of it last time. Mm-hmm. They did this thing where they took all these iconic scenes from the original film and just copied them verbatim. The girl being like the body bag being dro- dragged through the hall, the hand in the bathtub, every like every major iconic scene you remember from the original film, it is put in the new one. And it was just it wasn't even like clever. It was just okay, we're redoing this now. I and, would and say it, it's th- it, and this it's is like why it, they didn't do another film. It's been over right. two years. It's it is two steps away from the Psycho remake where oh we're going to remake it frame for frame then why bother right and it's also and the I, reason why they didn't do another uh, Jason film they did the reboot of the Jason franchise and mm-hmm. uh, they were going to do the second film it's been four years yeah uh, it just nobody cares but if you're not going to do it I, right don't fucking do it. Now, see, at least Rob Zombie, he put a spin on it, he changed it, and he kept elements, but he didn't right. just like, oh, now here's the scene with the closet, and now here's the scene with this. He changed shit around, and he just kept, he, you know, he took the tone, Absolutely. kept key elements, but didn't just, like, cut and paste certain scenes. And Silent Night does the same thing. You've got the catatonic guy with the kid, but it's not the same setup. The parents aren't there. The kid's a dick, too. You've got, you, you know, you've got the boyfriend and girlfriend scene there but it's not the same kind of thing the, the girl little girl's not in the same house all you know they, they change you know the garbage day reference what they did bring over they didn't cut and paste they folded it in and made it belong in the film nothing in right. the film doesn't belong in the film and True. and even when they even when he gives the little girl uh something instead of giving her a bloody knife he gives her the candy cane covered in blood which i thought was a nice touch sure and it's still touching it's like oh you care you can actually eat that if you wash it. <laughs> Even if you don't, still edible. It's not. Um, uh, well, what about Santa's first kill in, in the in the new film with the little girl? That they wasn't made his first the, kill. That wasn't. His oh first no no no! Well, the, the first okay. Let me reword uh, that. Uh, his first kill since going into a uh, town, I guess. Yeah. All right. His first kill on the road. Okay, right. Whatever. With his, a little girl. His third kill. They make him. They make her so fucking hateable oh. Oh, <laughs> that you don't care that no. she gets killed. But here's here's the beauty of it. When they're making her hateable, you you're, you're in on the joke. It's like, oh, okay, we're gonna kill the kid. <laughs> All right, and and they better kill the kid at this point because you don't set up the you don't set up this kid being right. such an obnoxious little brat where you don't kill him. I want to go but to then, the mall, honey. I thought we'd go to the church today. Fuck church. <laughs> Get your wallet and your keys. And Meet me so, in the fucking oh, car. It's just like the priest. It's so over the top. Like, all right, you know, guys, we have a we have a guy dressed as Santa Claus killing people. Subtlety's not the name of the game here. Right. So it's just like the priest. She's so over the top. There's no child like this in the world that hasn't been smothered, you know, in, in their bed at age seven. Right. Right. But but when he and I, you know, minor spoiler alert, if you really, you know, it's just. But it, even then, you know, something's coming when he tasers her in the doorway. Right. It's not I didn't just ask for that. Bad. Yeah, I didn't ask for that. It's it's and she's shaking and then and the foam's coming out of her mouth and you're like, holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) And it's so brutal that even though you hate her and as a horror film you want her to die, you're still like, Jesus Christ, man, that's brutal. Fuck a little therapy would have solved that one. You didn't have to (laughs) (laughs) fucking kill her. Yeah. 
a couple You've of spankings locker in a room for a week? I mean, you know. Uh... <laughs> now, this Santa Claus doesn't say anything until literally the last 10 minutes of the movie. Now, i got to point something out that the film yeah. didn't go into. And I, I don't know if it's on purpose or not. But that happens, like, in the middle of the day. In the morning. That happens in the morning, yeah. right? Yep. The mother goes up to get her purse. He kills the kid and then leaves. They don't get the call till that night. Right. right. Yeah. And and mom was a nervous wreck and she was taking pills beforehand, like her heart pills. So you know she's fucked up because her you know, because she's living with a little obnoxious evil child. And so and I'm just I the entire scene, which is kinda cool, you know, again like the mother like, Don't go in there. You can't unsee a thing like that. And I'm just thinking, what have you been doing for the past ten hours? <laughs> Sitting, and all I can think of is sitting in a chair, staring under that tree. <laughs> right, it's just her and Jim Beam for ten hours. <laughs> yeah, and it's, there's there's such, it, it, for me, it put there, it put a little spin on the film that really just made me like it that much more. Just like the one part where where they they say, oh yeah, he's that that one guy which used to work at the mill. He, you know, they were they were filming porn, and that guy's a coke dealer now. It's like, oh, what does sound get so sleazy? Oh right, and right, like, right. Yeah, like it's it's almost the 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 town is almost like uh like the entire world where it's like yeah things are a little sleazier than they used to be in the good old days things aren't as they should be and the film just kind of throws those little things in there right right I mean, maybe it's just me maybe I'm reading too much into it but it's a film that made me want to read into it because I was enjoying it so much I yeah it, it's. <laughs> Like Santa Jim, you know? I mean, when he starts his little rant against the holidays and parents and stuff, it's like, go, go, Santa Jim, go. When I, like what I said, when I when I told you, maybe we should do this, I heard it's terrible. Uh, I really intended, all intentions of going in and, and not liking the movie. Oh, really. yeah. And, and just every time, and I know when we review it on IMDb, I know when we review it, because right now it's a five. Fuck we're going to review it, we're going to review it much higher than that. Yeah, right. We're reviewing it now. Rate it. Yes. Now I, I, I need to bring another thing up along that line of where I the film. I have these new can- headphones. I have these new headphones, and I don't like them. They're almost okay. noise canceling, and it doesn't say that on the package, so I can't hear myself talk, and it's annoying that, me. See, so well, that's what I was talking about before when I said my my ears weren't uh, my earphones weren't working properly. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Another thing they did that interested me the further I got in the film, correct me if I'm wrong, but all we ever know about John is oh, that her husband, John. Yeah. Well, did, did anybody ever say her husband? No one actually says her husband. You know, now that you mention it, you're right. There's one part where Santa Jim's, how come you aren't baking cookies for your husband? And she goes kind of like, what the fuck did you say? But that's the end of that. They never right. met, and, and the further along in the film we get, I'm like, "Who the fuck is John?" Because they're not, because they won't say anything. They're not giving us the exposition that you expect. We're like, "Well, five years, you know, last year when John was killed on Christmas Eve." You're waiting for that Gremlins moment, right? Right. I hate and it Christmas. never comes. So I started getting to the point in the last half hour. I'm like, "Like, was John even her husband? Was it her child?" Was it like the dog? What was, who the fuck was John? I mean, it, could it have been her brother? No one really says anything. Well, maybe that's why Malcolm McDowell was just like, it was your fucking goldfish. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> I, 
there's actually a good portion of the film where I'm thinking, what if John's the Santa killer? Oh, right. I'm like, that's that would be cool. And he, here's the one problem I have with the film. What's that? If you're going to leave that whole storyline unexplained, which I liked, I thought it was a nice touch. You don't mention who John was. It doesn't matter. It has nothing. It pertains to nothing. All you need to know is it was important to her. It's fucked her up, and she's trying to get over it. And not having that explanation actually adds to it. But at the end of the film, spoiler alert, and I'm not going to give out the exact detail, but they actually reveal the story behind the Santa killer. They do. And that fucked up the film for me. Because first of all, it's a stupid origin. Yeah. Uh, second of all, is it feels like it's tacked on at the end, especially it the way it really it, fucking does. It does. Uh, it really, especially the scene where they do the the, the whole backstory of it, and then the next yeah. shot that really felt like yeah, we need to put something there. There's just too much. It uh, just, it, we just can't roll credits after this. Mm -hmm. You know, and when they, it just when they pan out. There's there's the three scenes: the ending, the backstory, and then the ending again. They they pan out. It seems like they pan out for like a minute, and then they do yeah. the backstory. I thought, oh, that's the end. Right, exactly. And I thought, oh, credits are gonna roll, and they're gonna show. Okay, you know, well, I don't want to give anything away, but I figured the same thing. And and don't and what we're not giving away isn't worth giving away to begin with. So don't even fucking worry about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, when you hit that panning away scene with the flame, you might as well turn the goddamn movie off. You just saw the best part of the film. Uh, that <laughs> The last four minutes is a complete waste. But again, this I wonder if it was ta tagged on, because I can't believe that the screenwriters who went through the... But, and again, maybe in the editing, they cut out the explanation of John. Maybe it's a, mis a happy mistake that worked out so much better than anybody thought. Maybe there was a scene where they explained, it's like, you know what, slow down the film, take it out. And right. all of a sudden, we just don't know who John is anymore. And now I'm reading into it like it's a fucking Fellini film. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we cut the scene because it was slow. What the fuck are you talking about? But it just adds so much more to it for me. Right. Along with yeah. the Sleazy Priest. I mean, the Sleazy Priest makes it for me. And that was the, uh, the opening clip we played at the beginning. Internet pornography! American Idol and internet pornography. Actually, I, I, oh, I like the scene right before that where he's taking pictures of the girls. He's like, spread the joy. <laughs> he's taking pictures of the girl. He's stealing money from the poor box. He's he's hitting on the cop who lost loved one. I mean, maybe he does say, uh, again, if I missed the part where they said it was her husband, right? Uh, I might have, but I'm almost positive no one actually comes out and says that. But Sleazy uh, Priest rocked. Yeah. <laughs> just, I was almost sad to see him go. Yeah. I know. Oh. Me too. I was sad oh, to see you, uh, Santa Jim go. It's like, oh, don't come on. That. That, that's a spoiler alert there, guys. Spoiler alert. I didn't think. Oh. Because... Because I was hopeful that he would. Uh, I mean, uh, the way he played him, I thought he was going to go through. And you, you just ruined that for anybody listening. Um, Listen, I'm sorry. Yeah, there, there is. There's not a spoiler. It really. It's a review. Isn't. It's a review show. You know, we're going to mess up and spoil something anyway. But shit, I feel guilty now. What? Don't feel guilty. I, <laughs> I deserve coal. Um. <laughs> oh but, yeah. How about yeah. when Malcolm McDowell gets coal and <laughs> that's his gift? It's coal. He's like, what the hell is this? Coal? <laughs> Nobody now, gives me he, coal. <laughs> speaking of Santa Jim, I, I, I gotta say, 
I like the film. Uh, again, with Woodchipper, I loved it. Sleazy Priest, you had me. Uh, the the antler scene, eh, but they tried. It was done better than it happened. They had me. Garbage bag line, they had me, had me, had me, had me. The, the point where I actually said out loud, I'm in, I love this fucking movie, is when Santa puts down the axe, pulls back the sleeve, and he's got the brass knuckles that say, ho, ho, ho. 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 I, <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, I am, I am, this film is in my collection now forever. <laughs> that was such a beautiful touch. And when that comes out of nowhere, it's just, mother, it's like, yeah. And when he's punching, it's, you just hear just, just squishy and brain matter. It's like, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't even matter. I mean, he could have not even used it. Well, no, I know that. that. I'm just, just I'm just saying the like, follow through was good too. All around, this was a great horror film, and it's sad to see. I'm sad to see it that it's not doing well wherever, and I really sad to see people bombing. Now, ironically, I went through and I looked at some of the uh, IMDb uh, news group stuff on this because I like the giggle. Right. Uh, sometimes you find someone in there that has an article, like somebody had something in there about the uh, one of the guys that worked on the Rob Zombie Halloween films originally was supposed to write this film. And like, oh, this film was a piece of shit, and this treatment was ten times better, but they shit-canned it, and now he's angry about it, he doesn't like this film. And I read the treatment, and it's like, yeah, it sounds boring, this film was better. <laughs> it was, it was, this film had more going for it, I think. I, I, you know, But I, I, found a, I found a couple that really got a- angry about the whole, oh, you know, it's, it, it's anti-Catholicism, and it's showing the priest in a bad light. See. We got Santa Claus with an axe. Why? How, how is the church out of bounds? No, right. I know. It, it, it's talk about the war on Christmas. I mean, so Santa could be a killer, but we can't. And again, everybody in this town kind of sucks. Every character we meet is just okay. Yeah, he needs an axe quick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the and the sleazy priest is so over the top. It's not even like an indictment on the church. It's just, yeah, this guy's just fucking creepy. <laughs> he just happens. He just happens to be wearing a collar. For all we know, he wandered into town three years ago. I was like, I'm a priest. Nobody knows. <laughs> I, you know, that's like even, even just him. I'd love to see the backstory out of him. Just, just came in the town looking for a job. It's like, well, uh, you don't have a priest. Well, I'm a priest. <laughs> I can do anything I want. I'm the harbinger of morality in this town. They'll fucking believe me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> it's already a video on demand. Um, I believe um, it's, it's worth it. Blu-ray it's and DVD are, are out already. It went Watch it. theatrical limited back uh, on November 30th in the States. And I think you can still see it in theaters. You just have to know where to go. Oh, it filmed in Canada, by the way. Oh, really? Filmed in Canada. Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. There you go. They're not playing hockey there right now, so... It's got the stench of Canada all over it. <laughs> and we, you know what? It's interesting you mentioned that, because we, we talk about Canadian horror in episode 5, the same episode as the Linnea Quigley thing, and it's just all full circle. All full circle. It, is that the, is that the is that the episode where I pretty much laid into the editor of of the Room Org magazine as, as being a complete uh, not nice things? Uh, yeah, that's the one. I said I said some not five nice episodes things, in. We're burning bridges. Well, and, and to be honest, I, I 
she had it coming because I'm sorry. You can criticize horror films. You can criticize the state of the film industry in general. But if you're going to come out of Canada and say America is the sole maker of bad horror films and say that like Canada is the only place making good horror films or at least imply that in your interview as the new tattooed lady over at Room Room Org, fuck you. I really, really, America's responsible. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a Stars and Stripes guy, but we're responsible for all shitty films. Okay, Canada's made it. You know, Canada ha- just because Cronenberg lived in Canada once doesn't mean you have the fucking corner market on good horror films. Right. The thing, the thing belongs to us. That shit wasn't filmed in Canada, motherfucker. That's our film. That's true. <laughs> just because. Just because your father marries some German lady doesn't mean you're, you know, German. And you're making Wiener schnitzel every night. That's right. You may have a house for. <laughs> what happened to your What happened to your audio? Just cut out completely. Yeah, you're gone, dude. You stepped on your own joke. It sounded like it was going to be good too. <laughs> Nothing. Kill your Skype and come back. I got nothing. All right. Can you hear me now, sir? Absolutely. What was that? Oh. Was weird. It, it, it wasn't my microphone. It was Skype act, acted up on us. Oh, really? Must have been. I mean, what? What? How? Just starting. Re- yeah. But uh, whatever. Anyway, I was I was all I was doing was insulting uh, Rumorg editor. Uh, that's all. No reason to re, re- go over that again. Yeah, but, uh, blocked by by Skype. You, your your joke was it was starting to. <clears throat> it was a good one. I could tell. And and then your voice nah, cut out. I was already going over long on that. Basically, Canada does make good horror films every now and then, just like we make good good horror films every now and then. So, you know. If you want to point to if you want to point to a country country that makes nothing but horror for horrible films, that's India. That's a different story altogether. Okay. Yeah. Let's leave everybody else out of the whole finger pointing thing. True. We're all capable of making bad movies. <laughs> all right. Uh, do we want to rate this now? Yeah, and let's go back and rate the original too. Okay. All right. The original, the original five, is ra- is rated a little higher on IMDb. Original is at five point seven. Okay, I, I'm happy with this film at a five. The original, it's got its yeah, it's got it's got its production value weaknesses, uh, and again, I like the film, but just because it has like a serious element to it that works doesn't mean it's the it's the best written thing. So, uh, it's iconic. I'm happy with a five. A six might be precedent, but I don't mind going to six. Uh, I would give I would go six on Silent right, Night, right. Night, just because Not I do good. think for what it's worth. Uh, the acting and the writing and just the way the story is told, I think it still holds up as a good 80 slasher film. There's a Naughty. lot worse. Naughty. Naughty. <laughs> How about when the when he's first in the in the Santa Claus outfit and the girl's sitting on his lap and they pan in and he's like, you, you've, you've, you've been naughty, haven't you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? You're a fucking creep. <laughs> and she's like squirming in his lap and it's like, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> It's like he's is he what's wrong with this guy? Oh, and it's like and they pan over to the parents. He's so good with kids. <laughs> he really knows how to talk to them. 
<laughs> and then good old Ira in the back, he's like, yeah, he's pretty good. I'm glad I hired him. <laughs> Can't wait to get him liquored up later. <laughs> so I, I would give it a six. I, I think it's worth a six. Nothing higher. Though. Yeah. No, I, I and I agree. Just just because it, it for what it is, it's like I spit on your grave. I think it's an iconic film. I'm not going to give it a, a higher than like a five or a six. No, I Just agree. because of production value, et cetera. Right. Now, the remake, on the other hand, Oh yeah, well, man, we should that review that at some point. And but again, there's another good example of a great horror film remake. Actually, I have to say the I Spit on Your Grave horror film remake was perfect, and the Last House on the Left remake was close, but no cigar. Not being a fan of the original Last House, <laughs> and we've talked to that fucking to death. Uh, I would say you're right and wrong. Because, do you, well, do you want me? To, you want to take two minutes on this? I can tell you my reasoning. Okay. The original, the now I put on your grave. Both films yes. have the exact same thing: lonely writer, gang raped by a bunch of guys, comes back and kills them, takes vengeance. The only real difference is uh, the modern film is more coherent, uh, better production value, and actually the original trailer said uh like the original movie poster said these five men are gonna be you know like burned tortured mutilated etc and it was a lie there's only four men in the film she didn't do half of that she didn't burn anybody any of that stuff so when they made the remake they made it fit the poster of the original (laughs) made it five men right and everything that poster says happened happens in the remake it was that much better and it was just as brutal just as violent just as uh disturbing last house on the left remake the big difference they changed is that in the original, it's like, okay, the two the parents discover that the people that are in their house right now killed their daughter. Like, okay, we're going to kill these people. And then by the end, they exacted vengeance on these people. Uh, and there's, there's, it's kind of like a feel-bad ending where it's like, all right, you know, yeah, we killed them and it, <laughs> I still feel dirty. <laughs> in the remake, they can't leave because the daughter is still alive. And instead of we're going to take vengeance, it's we have to get off out of here at any cost. So it's really self-defense when we kill them because we're just trying to leave. It's a cop-out, and it removes that really that vengeance feeling that the film had in the original. And that's what my problem with the remake. Other than it's well done and I enjoyed it, but just that just taking that fucking cop-out so they go, oh, they're still good people. They just, they don't they didn't want to kill anybody. They were forced to because circumstance. Fuck that. <laughs> That's not the point. That was never the point of the original film. Shouldn't have been the point of the remake. Right. But but again, well, but again yeah, I, 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 I agree with the, the original premise being the more the more gritty, the more uh, realistic, the more dark uh, yeah. than the remake. I still don't like the original. So anything that they did in the remake, I infinitely like better. That's just oh, me. I, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you exactly why I don't like the original. I just think it's a poorly done, uh, poorly done film. It, it just does not s- s- sit with me the, the way other horror films uh, did uh, growing up. It just everything about it I just didn't like. I and I just I just didn't like it. Okay. You know uh, when All I watched right. the the remake, I'm- not not that I'm saying oh they did it right. It just I enjoyed it more. Well, you, you know what? the the uh, I spit on your grave and Last House on the Left. Those are the two kind of films where someone says, I didn't like that. Can't argue. 
<laughs> can't argue. They're not meant for everybody. They're not right. nice films. Well, yeah, and, and, and I can understand like, oh, some I, people. It's, it's like, I didn't like Make Them Die Slowly. That probably means you're healthy mentally. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing for you. I can't, I'm not going to pressure that on you. That, we, that's my cross to bear. Hey. <laughs> but it, it's, 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 I did like I Spit on Your Grave. Didn't like Last House on the Left. That's weird because between, between the two of them, I know the they're them, very, think, they're, they're very similar. Well, but. What, what I was going to say is between the two films, the originals, I think you have a better production value with Last House on the Left. Uh, yeah, I would I would say yeah. so. It doesn't mean that I'm going to like it more. Cinematically, no, I, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm not shitting on it cinematically. I'm just, just saying it's interesting that you chose the one that you like is the one that I would say is m I have less problem with someone not liking because of the mm -hmm. way it's filmed, etc. That's all. I'm not, again. Okay, all right. But much, maybe but, maybe much I should like revisit it. I, I have watched it two or three times. Maybe I should revisit it now what? that I'm older. Christmas is the perfect time to rewatch those films. Yeah, with my family. With your family. <laughs> and uh, Danny's got to learn but, sometime. Yay. But those are two examples of horror film remakes modern day that actually do keep the spirit and do, or even in some ways, improve upon the original, which right. I think I, uh, I Spit on Your Grave did, uh, the remake. And so Silent Night falls in that same vein. I think it improved upon the original in a lot of aspects and uh, was managed to do a remake without copying the film or just, you know, just modernizing it. Like the Nightmare on Elm Street one where, oh, instead of instead of a Walkman, he's got an iPod. Ooh. Yeah, great. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, just, micro naps. If you're remaking a film and all you're doing is updating the technology in the film, yes, that's why they didn't do war games now. Because it right. lacks the impact. But but Silent Night, uh, like you said, five point oh on the uh, on, on IMDb. IMDb. Uh, I say I, it needs to go to six. Like you know, when we start doing that uh, for Malcolm uh, McDowell alone. So one I point think, for Malcolm McDowell. I think it needs to go to seven for killing the kid in a brutal way. <laughs> um, I don't think it deserves more than seven, mainly because the ending pissed me off. Agreed. Agreed. And, and because if you're going to get anything higher than a 7 for a horror film, it's got to be a bit deeper than a basic slasher film, which is what this is, a basic slasher film. Yeah. I mean, The so, Thing gets an 8 or a 9. There you go. You know? And, so. and, you, can get away, and you can get away with saying that's sci-fi, not horror, which is bullshit. Well, yeah. It's true, too. Well, look, do the, like, look at Alien. Is that a horror film, right? No, it's sci-fi. Yeah. Well, well, because we're going to give it an Oscar. Okay. Oh, because it's in space. It's like stop. Well, it, again, so is Event Horizon, a... but that's a horror film, right? When when it's not reviewed <laughs> well, it's a horror film, right? If if, <laughs> if the critics don't like it, it's a horror film. If they do, it's a sci-fi film. Exactly. <sighs> like I mean, anyway, we yeah. get that's a whole whole different subject. But I want to I want to vote on seven. I think seven stars is the perfect for Silent Night. I, I think you're right. I like Seven. I, I, I can agree with I, that. Any any film that makes me laugh as much as I did, uh, and and does so again, and it wasn't really. Uh, they just it did it well. Dark humor was great in that. Seven, it is. There you clocking go. that in. Clocked in seven, and then I clocked in six five for Silent Night Deadly Night. All right. All right. We're good. Excellent. We're good.
<sighs> wanna, we done? Wanna, yeah, I think we're done. <laughs> okay. no, I'm, I, don't even, I don't even want to talk about what's playing in the theaters right now. Jesus. That, no, you know, no, 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 no. But, no, you but, know what we'll do? We, we'll do our annual January episode for the January films. I was about to say, next episode, January releases. We're going, That's right. We're, we're gonna, next episode, we're going to cover all the January films coming out, and we're going to try to review as many as possible as they come out. Uh, so th- this this is our Mardi Gras. For us? Yeah, it sure is. Because <laughs> well, I always call I always call the Oscars our, our Super Bowl, so this is kind of like our Mardi Gras. This is the... Uh, the, this is the um, what would you call shameful pleasures? Guilty pleasures. I'm thinking more shameful. Shameful. Uh, yeah. Sh- yeah. Shameful. Okay. I. I kinda... It's not just guilt. It's shame. It's total shame. But yeah. So so at next episode we're going to be covering uh, what's coming up in January releases, and I'm sure we'll think of a film to review in the meantime as well as that. Uh, but for the most part, that's it. That's it. Uh, All right now. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, let's tell everyone how they can uh, they can get in touch oh, with us. Stop, 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 stop. Cut the music. What? Cut the music. Huh. I was going to take a moment and just say from the heart that Joey and I and everybody else here at Movie Sucktastic, which is pretty much Joey and I, <laughs> uh, do want to wish all of our listeners a happy holiday. And even though I myself am waging a war on Christmas, uh, which we, I go into detail in the Strangers in, in a Strange Land podcast, uh, we do wish... You and your family, great holiday. Uh, spend it with people you love, and uh, hopefully you'll have us around listening to us in the meantime. And and it's also been a great pleasure and honor to have yet another year just shooting a shit with Joey about bad movies and having you guys listening and and occasionally uh, chiming in too. This is beautiful, man. Isn't isn't it, isn't it? And usually, usually I'm asshole. So it's nice. The, to know no, that. the the feeling is is mutual. I agree with everything Scott said. Absolutely. However you spend your holidays, just do it. You know, in and, in your own way. Have fun, and that's all that matters. Spend and, it with your family, gonna, your friends, your dog. It doesn't matter. Well, a little less love for the dog. <laughs> um, and also, I want to I want to put out something to you that this we don't make any money off movie sucktastic. Obviously, this is a labor. Obviously. Love. It, obviously, I'm in a it's Batman our, T-shirt. It's, um, it's our gift to you, and if you feel generous and in the giving mood, you're. And again, we don't, we don't not like the other podcasts out there. We don't ask you to buy stuff. We don't ask you to donate. We don't ask you to su- subscribe. Uh, we put no money into the show. We just do it, and, and we have full time jobs on top of it. So we're not asking you to support our show this is what we do if right. we didn't do it for you we'd still be spending the time talking about bad movies anyway it's just nice that you're there too that's absolutely but true if you if you do want to return the favor if you want to give a gift back to movie Sutastic, do us a favor go to itunes rate us and review us just let people know that you're grateful that we're here and that's the best way you can say thanks to joey and maybe thanks to scott for just being entertaining every now and then that's all. I think we're a little more often than that, but I agree. I like it. Yeah. If, if So please, our gift to you is the show. If you feel in the giving mood, give us a good review on iTunes just so other people can find the show too. And I'm going to stop t- wasting time here and Joey can play the music again. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Just like Scott said, you can go to iTunes. Please review us. You know, in, in lieu of donating, 
reviews. We love those. You can download them all there. You can download them all at our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can listen to them live there. You can watch the live stream feed from there as well. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can leave us email at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. And we highly recommend doing both of those. So, Yep. Uh, I don't know what we're reviewing next week uh, as far as a... Oh, well, we're going to do just... Ju- okay, never mind. We just said that. <laughs> I do the show, and sometimes I'm not paying attention. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Hey, there's, there is no Santa Claus. Bye. <laughs> well, there's not. I mean, I'm not, like, making it up. Yeah, but... All right. Maybe there might be a family, a father and a son. Albeit, I think it's rare. They may listen to the show together. If there's a seven-year-old listening to this show, they're fucked as it is. Santa Jim? You know? (laughs) All the praise Santa Jim. Yeah! (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.